0: said with a jerk of his thumb, back toward the news building. He was screaming something about Mondays when we left. Mondays are always slow, Ackerman observed as he made a lens adjustment. He took another squint through his viewfinder. Jesus Christ Almighty, that's Barnes. Didn't you know? I asked. Shit, no. I don't think Gossett does either. Someone ran inside and said there was an explosion. People hurt, that's all. No other details. He called it a godsend. Ackerman's throat fluttered as he swallowed repeatedly. Then he changed camera angles and motioned me back out of his picture. I can't move, for Christ's sake, I said through clenched teeth. I'm trying to keep her from bleeding to death. I glared at him as he cranked in the ten-to-one zoom lens for a close-up. She looks dead to me, he said, without taking his eye from the viewfinder. I stared down at the blood-spattered girl. A sense of loss flooded over me. I bent close. Her parted lips were wet with blood, her blue eyes as empty as a taxidermist's recreation. Her life had seeped away from me. I stood up, careful to hold my sticky hands well away from my body. Then, for lack of anything else, I wiped them on the wool of my official Channel 3 blazer. In the distance, I heard a siren. I turned away. The only good an ambulance could do now was to go on videotape. Bob, Ackerman said to me, are you going to handle this story? What he really wanted to know was, would I provide him with a soundtrack to go with his pictures? Without waiting for my answer, Scanlon began stringing a microphone my way. I don't know the girl's name, I protested. It was then that I realized that I hadn't been thinking, merely reacting. What the hell had happened? The sound stages around us were still standing. That eliminated a gas leak and left me with a single explosive thought. Bomb. Anybody know her? I asked. For once, the crowd of teenagers was quiet. Had she been a loner? A nut? As gently as I could, I removed the purse from the dead girl's hands. I found the name Doreen Dixon on a junior high school student body card. It was the only identification she carried. I touched the Channel 3 logo on the breast pocket of my blazer, my means of identification. It labeled me as a reporter. Me, Bob Christopher. At the moment, however, I would have traded it for a caduceus. I forced myself to study the dead face. Had she killed Barnes? I didn't think so. It was impossible to imagine her as a human bomb. An ambulance turned into the narrow street that ran between the studios and edged toward us through the growing crowd. Ackerman captured the arrival on tape, then steadied his shoulder mount with one hand and used the other to unclip the walkie talkie from his belt. Reception with the assignment desk was perfect. What the hell is going on out there? Gossett screamed. God damn it, why don't you come out here and see for yourself? Ackerman snapped back. It was the first time I'd ever heard my cameraman talk back to the desk. My respect for him grew. So did the level of Gossett's voice. You shithead! Are we going live with this or not? As a rule of thumb, only dramatic visual damage or severe personal injury rated an unscheduled live insert in the six o'clock news. Two dead! answered Ackerman. Bingo, the assignment editor yelled. One of them's Lee Barnes, Ackerman added. Obscenity enough to lose us our license filled the airwaves. When Gossett calmed down to a sputter, he said, Why didn't you say so in the first place? It's ten minutes to six, for Christ's sake. I've got to alert master control. We've got to find a replacement. I heard shouting in the newsroom before Gossett released the transmit button.